Hello and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including a Voltron Legendary Defender, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm Dylan Heisen, and today I'm joined by Haley Neighbors. Hello. Jeff Anderson. Howdy. And Andy Potter. Hello. Uh, today, uh, we are getting into Season 5 of Voltron Legendary Defender, which came out on Netflix uh, today on March 2nd. Uh, season 5, six episodes of Voltron. We are talking the first two, and only the first two, The Prisoner and Blood Duel, uh, here on this podcast. Uh, we recap uh, whenever vo- Net- Netflix decides to dump an arbitrary amount of Voltron episodes. We recap whatever they do, and uh, we've done this since the beginning of the show. You can find us at OverlyAnimated.com, or search for Overly Animated Voltron on iTunes. Subscribe there to our Voltron-specific iTunes feed, or if you're listening on YouTube, you can subscribe there as well to not miss any of our future Voltron podcasts. Podcast. Uh, basically, we won't be having spoilers beyond the Prisoner and Blood Duel. I have not seen past these episodes, so if you have not seen past these two episodes, feel free to listen. Uh, but we will be getting into spoilers for just these two, and that's how it's going to work as we go through the season. We uh, the season plan is we're going in chunks of two episodes. Um, we'll be knocking this out of the way by the end of the weekend. Uh, and if you're listening past the release weekend, you can find all those podcasts. Um, if presuming they'd be up already. So, uh, getting into the prisoner and blood duel, make sure you've seen these episodes. Spoilers starting off hot here with this, uh, se- quote unquote season five. Uh, so let's get into things. Haley, what I did really you like those quotes? Very you, good. You like what? Those quotes. Yeah. The quote, quote unquote. unquote. I mean, season. really, what season is this actually? I don't know. <laughs> concept of it's that. not, it's not, it's not clear. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I, I also think we've, we've gotten into this on past podcasts. Probably Voltron seasons are more like 26 episodes anyway, and they're never released like that. But yeah. Uh, so we've, we're really breaking it into chunks. This, this finale will be the three fourths mark of a 26 episode <laughs> season. Okay. Uh, Haley, what did you think of these two episodes? Um, I, I think they were in keeping with a lot of other season premieres for Voltron quote unquote seasons um, where the first episode was kind of like, eh, and then the second episode was a little eh at the beginning. And then by the end, we're starting to get into like what the season's going to be. That's a very specific pattern. You know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It seems to uh, repeat itself quite frequently. Um, But I, I don't know. I think the first episode was, I, I didn't really like the first episode that much. I think mostly because there were parts of it, like the fights at the beginning, where it was like it was a neat fight, but I had no idea what any of the motivations were. And I don't think the fight was cool enough to carry that scene when I'm just like, what's happening as we drop back in? Um, and it had a couple parts like the coalition and things where I'm kind of not super into it with it. So it was, I don't know, the first episode was it was a premiere it was we're getting into things um but i think the second episode picked up in the second half and then um i loved all the hagar stuff and i'm happy that maybe zarkon's dead like i just want him to leave and <laughs> lotar can come in instead so i i'm excited for what is going to come of the end of blood duel but yeah. i don't know I, I think they were like like they're leading into what's going to come Okay. Basically. Yeah. Big ramifications yeah. that we're excited to get into. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Jeff, uh, what were your takeaways from these two episodes? Well, I'm going to sound a bit like a broken record um, on this topic. Uh, um, I've said in the past how much I don't like the Netflix model of dump everything at once and let us rummage through it as we like. Uh, cause I mean, we'll get into to it. You know, we did end season two or sorry, episode two in a cliffhanger and 
for most people who watch this, the cliffhanger is a cliffhanger for about, you know, 10 seconds. seconds. Yeah, yeah. Not even. Uh, whereas, you know, in, in the good old days, it was a cliffhanger for a whole week. So, like, if you're lucky, you get one good cliffhanger. Like, in a season these days, with, with this distribution model, you get maybe one good cliffhanger out of the entire season if it ends on one. As far as the actual content, I really liked... Uh, I, I, with with Haley, I liked episode, episode two better than episode one because we get the amazing uh, family feud at the end. Uh, great production values, and you can really tell that there is something else at stake here that we don't know about yet, but we are probably going to soon, hopefully. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this, uh, we, we happen to end on potential cliffhanger. We'll discuss it, discuss if it is a cliffhanger here. Um, but yeah, we get a day out of it. So that's good. Uh, out of this. But yeah, that, that, uh, assume you're referring to the Lotor Zarkon fight in episode two, which, yeah. It it would be a cliffhanger if it was serialized a week at a time. Right. I mean, on the other hand, uh, they, they know when they're writing the show that, uh, it's released this way. So, uh, it's, it, yeah, it's, 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 the world. Yeah, on the world. Okay. Uh, they're able to tailor it somewhat to uh, this model, although I'm not clear if they uh, were aware that Netflix would start splitting it up into chunks of six and seven. I don't think so. So uh, anyway, Andy, what do you think of these two episodes? I'm pretty much in the same boat. For One was just like a, a normal Voltron first episode of a season thing, and the second was a lot better. I really enjoyed it. Production values are up in general. I think music took a jump this season that's a little more notable than the other seasons. I felt a lot more into it in most of the scenes, especially when um, Alora and Shiro were taking Elevator down to see Lotor when he was a prisoner of them. Like that music in that scene was really solid. And I think that was just flowed, and that just was true for most of these two episodes. Uh, other than that, this really made me frustrated with the whole dropping parts of seasons because it feels like they were required to have this first episode of the seasons that's like here's the gang again and it's like but we only have six episodes do we really need to spend one of these six episodes introducing people to us again we don't need this we don't need part of the episode dedicated to here's voltron we're going to show you what it looks like when we transform it's like we know we know what it looks like and honestly i just skipped past it because it doesn't change it's the same minute long transformation no matter what (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, okay. I think I, I would be surprised if, um, Tim Hedrick and team were aware that this was going to be a six episode season when they're writing this. Like, I think that that's a decision Netflix made pretty close to the release of season three. And I think that this was, these episodes were written even before then. Um, yeah. It feels like a premiere though. It feels like it even opens that way with them. Like in the, it feels like an opening of a season to me. Right. I mean, I think that's why they, they split it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't think you can blame the potential uh, frustrations on the prisoner on the, the release. I don't think that that was uh, okay. factored, factored in. Yeah, that's fair. But that is what I'm frustrated with. Yeah, the beginning section there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you, if, I, I agree, definitely agree with you on the uh, them transforming uh, because I mean, I'm the most anti-transformation sequence person ever, and uh, they were inside of this confined space, and then you get the transformation sequence of them going <laughs> with lava space. rushing towards yeah. them. Yeah. As well. like, it's like... it's really it was really the stupidest thing ever. Um, I think I was the one highest on the transformation too, and I'm just done. I'm just completely done now. We, we cover three shows with transformation sequences. Voltron is by far the worst. Oh my yes, god! It's so with, with, specifically the transformation, specifically the transformation. Yeah, the worst. not not the show overall, but the, yeah. yeah. And, and given this, the show is like one of the most beautiful looking shows on TV. Them just having the same. A uh, minute of reused animation is uh, in 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 situations that don't make sense. Uh, yeah. are, is is incredibly refreshing. Anyway, like they could customize it for like 
going in lava, right? That yeah. would be interesting. Right. Just put some lava in the background. You, you know, it's yeah. uh, <laughs> not the stars. <laughs> How did they even, what were the logistics of transforming inside of the thing anyway? But we don't right? know. They're it's bad not written Dylan. They could just do what they uh, want. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> the blood duel was, uh, had some very hype stuff. Uh, yeah, yes, that it- was, it was, uh, probably a good episode. I think that, uh, given the, content of the episode like this was like the climactic lotor zarkon struggle um stuff with lotor's generals fighting uh you know fighting some of our heroes and uh getting dad back and uh, all this stuff like it, i feel like it should it maybe should have been better given the the hype stuff but it was still really good uh, hagar stuff was great um yeah B- blood duel is very hype that gets me interested in the season the prisoner is like what i think of uh, the typical voltron episode and that it's just completely emotionally disconnected from my viewing of it it's all fight scenes that i have no uh I don't care about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, this is typical Dylan criticisms of the prisoner. And, uh, but, but, uh, I'm, I'm very, that being said, uh, there is one sequence in the prisoner, which is very, which was very interesting, which was them confronting Lotor and, uh, Lotor trying to convince them that, uh, he is on their side. I'm, I guess I'm worried that that won't play out anymore, um, in the rest yeah. of the season, because that was so interesting. And it's like, we really, we're really canning that after, after Blood Duel. Maybe it can still be in play. I don't know. Um, well, yeah, I mean, it, presumably he's going to go back and join them, right? He needs to keep up his... I, I'm of the opinion that's a huge act, and he's just playing two sides against each other. He should probably, he'd probably want to keep that going. Right, yeah. I mean, it's not it's not clear. He, he could try to step up and fill the void if Zarkon is dead, uh, left in the Garan Empire. Um, I guess probably Hagar is already trying to assert control herself in some fashion but it, her motive, her actions are really ambiguous in this episode um yeah i, I mean it, you know it, like he could he could try to step into the zarkonless void we saw that already uh last seasons um and uh, or he could go back to them yeah it, it seems like he should go back to them and then we could have this dynamic play out more because it is really interesting like lotor friend or foe just because lotor is such uh by far one of the strongest components of the series still and i think uh, zarkon still has too much plot armor to be killed just yet Okay, so yeah, that's the top story. Let's talk about that. Is Zarkon dead? We thought he was dead once, then he came back to life. Now he's uh, he's dead again. And I feel like that's why this isn't that huge of a moment. Like it's like, wow, Lotor Zarkon, Lotor kills Zarkon. Wow, uh, it's like this happens. Two seasons. He's died you know. like four times. He, he died, <laughs> and Lotor yeah. took over before. Um, so that being said, he had a uh, literal uh, magic uh, quintessence armor on, and uh, uh, he uh, like he he goes, uh, yeah, quintessence is himself. They fight. Uh, Zarkon is presumably stabbed with the Black Bayard. Uh, I, that, I don't think so. No, it was just a black piece of metal that Lotor yeah. picked up. It was just like a. You mean it's just a black piece of metal? Piece of metal. No, it was. He just picked up. It, it was like red. It was like a red staff thing. No, I, I saw just... the black bayard. Well, like no, no, no. transferring was, from a. Thing. That was um. Yeah, Zarkon was firing that. It was yeah, that. yeah. That's what Zarkon was firing. Yeah, that yeah. was the black bayard, and Lotor like ran forward, picked up a piece of metal. When did he and... take it away? That, by the way, this it, is the problem. This, this is the problem with Blood Duel. Is it, I did not track what was happening with the black bayard at all. It was amazing. This. The fight was perfect. <laughs> is that, is I didn't that get how he it's got it at the beginning. Like how Lotor joined the battle with it. It's, he, first he of all, it's it not from... clear why Lotor has it, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, this, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's true. I don't know why Lotor has it, but I wasn't being sarcastic, Dylan. I honestly think this is the best fight scene in the show this no it's, it's a great it's a great fight scene oh, yeah. i think it's just it's hard to track logically when well, you're when you're going i, I didn't it. have any problem with it so that he could escape his captors and they wouldn't have to give up their bargaining yeah. chip 
Right. Okay. So let's talk first why Lotor has this. So I think there's two possibilities um, because either way, it's not shown on the episode. Uh, number one is that uh, he, he's given it by Shiro voluntarily so that uh, this counteracts the Zarkon's likely double cross of them and that he can fight uh, Zarkon when he's he's given as prisoner. So he was like he was in on the, the transfer and that's why he had the, the Black Baron. Two would be that he stole it from Shiro um, anticipating that uh, he didn't want to go with Zarkon anyway. Um, no, I think, we don't have any evidence of that. I don't Shiro think we have evidence of, of either one because uh, we don't really see it. But well, I, I, OK, so Occam's razor is he was given it. You know, I, I, I agree. I definitely think he was given it. I think that that explains the scenes of uh, mm-hmm. the flashbacks of them talking to him earlier in the episode. Um, and Shiro seemed to be on or he was trying to decide what to do. And half of them were were saying, uh, let's do what Lotor said. Like, uh, you know, we would have we should have seen them uh, just going against Lotor if they were. But it was like a half a half measure. Yeah, we didn't I mean, see Shiro go like, oh, how'd he get that for me? Yeah, like, he, that, that's positive you know. evidence that he did not steal it. Right. Yeah. Um, so probably he was given it by Shiro, and this was their plan to to counteract Zarkon. Okay. Can um, anyone use the Bayards, though? Yes. I think that's I think that's been shown that anyone can use them, but like people can not use them better. The land. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, like Andy, Zarkon... Andy, tell me what happens when uh with the Black Bayard towards the end of the fight. So what happened was I remember I forget the exact blows that happened but i know that lotor attacked zarkon zarkon grabbed the sword or something while the bayard was a sword and lotor is forced to let go of the black bayard and then at that point zarkon grabs and he starts shooting at lotor with a beam thing that's the black bayard as a as a as a gun now he transformed it into a gun to start fighting lotor and then he turned the bayard towards the lions to shoot them and lotor then stabbed him from the in the back like that's the chain there with a random piece of metal yes okay i'm uh, remembering this now uh jeff do you agree with that retelling? i'm watching it now that's exactly what happened <laughs> okay <laughs> good i was gonna go do that good um okay see i did not follow that but uh in the episode right, well, I'll do better next time. <laughs> i don't know if it was my fault or the episode i think it was the episode but um wow. I, I don't think it really matters I think it's like a three-on-one here <laughs> I don't think it, I don't think it particularly matters what the what's going on with the Bayard, you know. Like the 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 the, the thing is, uh, he's he's going to be. So another logic problem with the fight is that we cut away from the fight when uh, it seems like Lotor had the upper hand. He stabbed the quintessence pack on Zarkon, and then the next time we see him, Zarkon has the upper hand, um, and he's cornering Lotor. But Lotor is saved by the lion shooting at Zarkon. Is that true, Andy? Well, no, the, the change happened when Zarkon got the Black Bayard. He took the upper hand when he got the Black Bayard again. When did That's he take the Black Bayard? At the end of that Lotar scene that I was talking about with the Quintessence pack? Point. Yeah, like right after he got his Quintessence pack stabbed, that's when, Lo- that's when Zarkon got the Black Bayard and the fight turned again in Zarkon's favor. Okay, uh, didn't get that at all. But, well, um, wait, no, so, we, we, so he sliced the back and then we cut away. And then the next thing we see is... Um, is yeah. uh yeah he, he's is, like just throwing him against the wall or like is, is zarkon throwing lotor against the wall oh okay okay i don't remember that shot but yeah um i do think the fact that we have to spend 10 minutes talking about what happened in the fight means the fight wasn't really coherent um but uh even even like even if it tracked in the episode it's still uh you know it should be clear i feel like to the audience um but regardless what? uh what? it's very dynamic though is like how intense lotor was when like he he risked his life to go kill his father, like just the moment when he thought his father was about to destroy those lions. I think that means Lotor disproportionately cares about those lions, like really did not want them to be destroyed. Really interesting. He's like, uh, no, you know, he, he had, we haven't yeah. seen that kind of emotion from him in a long time. 
And I think that's evidence that he has plans for them. Yes, he could have yeah. let him shoot them if he didn't, if like he has these ulterior motives where he doesn't actually want to work with them. He totally could have let Zarkon murder them in that second. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so, 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 so this, this moment where he uh, has the bear, he shoots the lions and uh, Lotor, um, yeah, and that's when Lotor stabs goes him. and stabs him. So I think mm-hmm. on one hand, uh, you're, that, the argument was that's proof he cares about uh, the lions and uh, our, our side. Um, on the other hand, uh, if Zarkon takes that successfully, just destroys the lions and, uh, they're, the, the resulting being the rebellion, isn't Lotor's spot blown up? Is, doesn't he have no more moves to play? So I feel like it still could be a selfish mm-hmm. thing. Oh, no. When I said he cares about the lions, I don't mean in a good way. <laughs> he cares about them for his own self interest. Yeah. yeah I, has, I'm sure he has no interest in keeping those crowds alive so. except just to so discord in the empire. Right. Yeah. I, th- I think he, he has a vested interest, uh, like in, in, uh, there being an active rebellion against Zarkon because, uh, if Zarkon gains full control, he's dead. So he needs, uh, he needs, I the feel like it's something more than that. And that's what we're probably going to get revealed in two or three episodes is why he really wants those lines. Something about their like material, like the trans dimension, whatever. Yeah. He's going to finish his own anti Ultron mm-hmm. robot. Yeah. He already has one of the ships done and he wants a few more of them. Yeah, that that yeah that 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 definitely could be as well. It could be both. It could be one. Um, so we're not we're not. Bi- okay, we'll get back into it in a second. Anyway, first, Zarkon stabbed. Um, I'm going to argue that this is not really that much of a cliffhanger. I think the episode kind of presents him as being dead. Uh, because uh, he's kind of clearly stabbed. Though we don't show the exact entry wound or whatever. But the big thing is that he powers down. Like, uh, mm-hmm. he's kind of like a robot. And he, <laughs> he's completely a robot. We, like, see him powering down. I feel like that's, like, uh, the light going out of his eyes. Yeah. Uh, we also see quintessence flowing down the black spear, like, like mm-hmm. blood. A lot like blood. It looks pretty, it looks pretty devastating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I also don't know what the point of, of, uh, half killing him but jeff you said you weren't convinced he was dead yeah i mean well yes we did see that the armor powered down but that's very different from actually uh dying dead i mean he he obviously i i I don't know i don't think there's enough evidence to support that he's dead and i think there's enough plot armor to support that he might be alive uh more interesting things to do plus there's an interesting like we had um the witch lady uh blinking her name right now hagar activated some protocol, whatever that I can't remember the name of, and we didn't get a closure on that. So mm-hmm. was that, was that rem- him powering down? Cause it, I- it might've been, it might've been Ooh. her powering his suit down remotely. We've seen her ability to do that before when she powered down those, um, those cannons in this, in the finale of last season. Mm-hmm. So if she can power down tech remotely. Maybe she did that to keep her son alive. Okay, we'll talk about Hagar's role in this. Um, uh, but yeah, so Zarkon either dead or in, in, incapacitated. Yeah, you're right. The 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 armor, I guess, powering down doesn't mean him. We don't really know how much he, he at this point is armor or uh, per, <laughs> kind of a, alien person. Yeah. There's uh, also the wild card of he's not actually in the suit. Like it's some kind of like he's like controlling it, but he's not oh, in it right yeah, now. That's, I guess that's possible too. I mean, we also, I don't we, think that's true, but that's also like a possibility. We, we literally see them having the hologram trick earlier in the episode. So it could just be yeah. another, another trick. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to say, let's assume he's dead for now because, uh, I feel like the show has every reason to kill Zarkon, mostly because he's not a good villain. And no, what are being, we going to do with him after this point? 
it could it could it, it is a weird time in within like the quote unquote season to kill him. It's like not uh not this finale or anything. Um, but uh, you know, there's like I was surprised they brought Zarkon back before because killing him was like an obvious move to do before. Mm-hmm. It's like it was like a good move to do before. Um, but I guess at the same time, if Lotor is a uh, potential ally for. Uh, the paladins. Then uh, after this, who if Zarkon's dead? Who's controlling the bad side? Is it just Hagar? Like uh, that's that's gonna that's gonna be interesting to to see. So let's talk let's talk Hagar's actions. Yeah, in this episode, her big moment is that she she remembers that uh, Lotor is her son. Uh, presumably, son. Uh, she definitely says Lotor's her son. Basically, son She's of her. She's pregnant and, with uh, him. Yeah, uh, son of her and uh, Zarkon. That's that's the not hundred percent confirmed part, right? Like, this is Zarkon's child. Yes. Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. Well, he said like, "Oh, you're my greatest shame," and everything about how he has Altaian blood. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Because that 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 was up that was up for debate right before the season whether uh, Lotor is actually their their child or I, I it's uh, I don't remember what's confirmed or not at this point we we assumed and uh, she's that moment is she actively trying to remember things now I think that's an interesting thing yeah uh, yes it seems like that's what she was doing in that state it seemed like she was trying to understand what her past was and why she was there because was it last season that it ended with her remembering who Zarkon was to her two seasons ago yeah. Okay, two seasons. seasons. Oh my god, half a season ago, half a third of a season ago. Who knows? Yeah, so she, yeah, so she, she knows uh, who she was and who Zarkon is, and uh, now she uh, puts herself in like a pool of quintessence, maybe, in order to try to remember more things. She remembers Lotor, and she doesn't seem to want Zarkon to retrieve Lotor. Um, That's that's one thing, and then she initiates Operation Curon Stage Four, which is they were talking about Curon before. Um, stage and, three and two and one. Well, they, they, I, they, I think this is a thing that exists. I think I don't remember what it is, but I think I remember this <laughs> being a thing. Like, didn't they say Quran in for the prisoner? I feel like they said that word. Is there. it like Quran, like on the ship Quran? Like, they're so it's not that Quran. <laughs> no, it's written. different spelling, but <laughs> yeah. So, what, uh, Andy? What do you think this? Uh, any read on what this uh, st- st- this operation she's initiating is? I have no clue. It's like this show has given us no evidence to what this plan could possibly be. They just keep throwing new magical things. And it's like, I'm sure it'll be fun to watch whatever it is. I'm not saying it's going to be bad. I'm just like, I have, I don't think the show has given us any evidence towards what this could be, what Hagar's plan is right now. Because before this season, I would have said Hagar would, was going to try to get Zarkon's memories back. But right now, it doesn't seem like she's too keen on helping Zarkon. She was doing her own thing, really. Um, yeah, so I think, I feel like, uh, my read on this is that this is, uh, her going against Zarkon, basically, like, in whatever state. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, she hears that Zarkon's going after Lotor, she's deciding to side with Lotor, or at least try to prevent Zarkon from, uh, getting Lotor, because I think it's important to remember what she has remembered. Uh, she has the flashbacks that we saw at the end of season three, which basically paints Archon as uh evil madman. So she she kind of knows that. And she also knows that Lotor is her son, maybe wants to protect him. I feel like she is all that. She's enough evidence at this point to move against uh, Zarkon. Um, so I, I, I think that's a potential thing. Um, Jeff says uh, potentially powering down his suit. I'm not sure they're connected, but uh, we have seen her do somewhat similar things. It's also mm-hmm. possible, like... I mean, we haven't seen any explicit um, evidence that she's specifically, like, against Zarkon and for Lotor. It might be, like, 
oh no, I have to intervene to save my husband because my son's going to kill him. You know, mm, yeah, she could see it on either side, and maybe just wants to prevent a conflict too. Yeah, I think it's more likely that she's against her husband, but you know, possibilities there. Yeah, I, I mean, we, there's there's nothing definitive. Like, uh, I, I you really we what, what's what's Hagar doing? I think she still has the most potential here out of. Uh, uh, out of our our villa, out of her and uh, Zarkon, and maybe even Lotor as a, like Lotor's better served not as a big bad. Like uh, that being said, Hagar, like we don't think she's she's like this big bad like Zarkon either. So I'm I'm very interested to see how the show functions if Zarkon is dead and Lotor is not serving as our villainous presence. Um, is Hagar going to step into that role? Is she is she not? Um, is it she's just got the a gar- lot of followers? I would assume the lieutenants fill some of that role, or as you call them, the generals, Dylan, the uh, people that used to follow Lotor. Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, they, uh, we can briefly talk about them. They get ejected from the ship at the end. They seem to have completely gone back to the main Garin side and turned against Lotor, which we saw, but, like, I was like, okay, they're given another, there's another moment for them to double-cross Zarkon and come back to Lotor. No, that didn't happen. Nope. And, uh, yeah. Uh, Interesting, I'm, like, parallel arc between this and, like, um, um, Azula's crowd in Avatar. Right. Yeah, mm-hmm. the the opposite May and Tylee basically is what they're pulling. Uh, I am very disappointed in what the show is doing with them. This is not interesting. Yeah. Like, yeah. I thought that was being part of Lotor's plan. Like, I thought he was going to get taken by. Yes, them. I agree. I thought that's what was happening. Yeah, because yeah. Lotor just it doesn't it doesn't it didn't fit at all that they double crossed him to begin with. It felt like they were really loyal to him. Right. There's like, that, and then whatever. Let's get past that. Okay. It's. They just need to do something interesting. What they're doing isn't yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. for, we'd prefer if they like uh, had it is more explained why they were with Lotor in the first place because now it just seems like they don't care. Um, but regardless, uh, you know, I guess them leading the Garan Empire would be pretty interesting. So uh, I'd be for that. I guess. I'm wondering if maybe they like so Zarkon is is gone, fingers crossed, and then Hagar is now the big bad, the boss, because she's got she's like the high priestess, right? So she's kind of. She seems to be like she might be second in command and has a lot of followers. So maybe she starts to become the boss and then the generals, lieutenants, whatever, they join her. And I think that would be really cool if like all of them are working together. Ooh, yeah, Hagar you plus know? Uh, Hagar yeah, plus all of them. Like, yeah. That'd be so cool. I would love that because they're all my favorite characters right now. They're the only ones that really have any sort of interest in their storylines. Yeah, that would be really fun. A coalition yeah. there. I definitely think Hagar will is the one that would be leader with Zarkon dead and Lotor declared an enemy of the Garan Empire. I definitely think it's Agar. She's got a lot of screen time and like interesting plot development happening in these first episode or two. So I'm thinking it 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 seems like it's going to continue. Like we're not just going to stop with her. No. Yeah. Uh I mean cl- yeah, clearly Hagar's a super major part of the show. Um, yeah. It's yeah, we're 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 building her up continually, and uh, regardless of whether she's the big bad or some sort of Lotor type third party, which is I feel like what the show has portrayed her as more than a big bad. She hasn't taken as overtly um, non sympathetic actions as Zarkon has and stuff. So, but if she's what, a third party, who's the big bad? We that's, need that's, I mean, bad. yeah, I don't know. That's what I'm. That's what I'm wondering. Like, are we going to introduce another new character here? Because that feels like what we need to so. do. I don't think so. Um, I, I mean, I think you could just have the threat of the Galran Empire, like if it's just but, uh, some new mouse t- mouse person running them. Like, uh, it it, I don't, it doesn't really, you know, it, it's fine if they're just an ambiguous threat, and then you have two villainous leaning third parties, and then you have the paladins. I feel like that could maybe work. Maybe, but I feel like the Galran Empire is just a little too faceless without somebody really running it. I want to yeah, see who, it divided. 
Who's our uh, who's our uh, number one general outside of uh, that's alive? Dude, are you trying I to lose... ask me what all the names of the other? People? Yeah, Andy, I want you to name <laughs> one name of any Garin. That's not. That's not. Yeah. So... Keith is Bart. Okay, Keith. There you go. Keith does not exist in these two up. Uh, he, okay, he's there. He's there briefly. Yeah. He's yeah. like just a stock image in the screen. Yeah. Next question: Does Keith ever show up at all this season? No, that's what I'm. Know. So. I don't think we so. will never see him move. It's good. Okay, let's talk. I, we could talk uh, pitch stuff in a second, but first, the Lotor Zarkon fight. I mean, we talked about it in terms of coherency, but just the visuals of the fight, right? Mm. Gorgeous. Yeah, we got. Uh, I feel like I was as much as I was unimpressed with the visuals of the prisoner. I was equally as impressed on the other side with the the visuals of Blood Duel. Um, like uh, it's you know, and it's not just that it's inter. It's like a three headed fight, and you had this great snapshots of uh, like the lions fighting, uh, in and then you have uh, these these moments with Lotor and Zarkon. Very episodes. Both of these episodes, to a certain extent, seem more anime, I think, than a lot of the show does. Um, and mm. it it came across, I think, in in the fight scenes. Yeah, Jeff, were you uh, impressed with Lotor Zarkon fight? Um, yes, and it was a good callback to, I think, our first ever, um, Zarkon Shiro fight when, uh, Zarkon gets a hold of the Black Bayard and uses it to, with great effect, he has, like, a, a chain sword sort of thing, like, the similar thing in, uh, Pacific Rim. I think that's oh, when yeah. we first saw that weapon come out, and now it's, it was good to see it back here. Yeah. Uh, Haley, what did you think of it? I think it was great. It was really nice, too, because after the first episode, I was pretty like, oh, gosh, like, this is not very exciting. But that fight was really good and really interesting. And I liked um, how they set up the episode as well, where we are flashing back and forth between earlier and then where we're at now. Um, Because I was like, oh, what's like, what's going to happen? It wasn't really a shock that there was going to be someone was going to fight, but I wasn't expecting a fight of that magnitude that this early into um, the season. And it was gorgeous and the colors were amazing and it was really fast paced, which was very exciting. So yeah, it was, it was good. I enjoyed yeah, it. I agree. I think uh, like I, I wasn't expecting a season finale quality fight. No. In, in yeah. I was episode. expecting like, yeah. Oh, they'll like shoot after the thing. Like I was not expecting them to actually get Pidge's dad. <laughs> so yeah. I was expecting something to do with that, but I mean, whatever, whatever with that. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, Pidge's dad, the, the fight. Anyway, Andy, you call it the best fight in the series. Yes. This is the best fight of the series so far. It could totally really is. There are three prongs going on at once. They all have little special things happening that are make the fights a little unusual. We have Zarkon and Lotor, which are just two fighters. Don't get to see that often. And they're both really brutal really trying to go for the throat at each other. Then we have Pidge and the other paladins fighting that ship that's falling, which is a really awesome set piece with like no gravity, but they're also trying to get to the control panel. Like that's an awesome fight. And then we have Keith fighting in the air with the other lions, really showing why he's the second in command now. And that's like all these three really match up really well. And I think it all culminates in that one shot where the one, one Galrin ship crashes into the ground where Lotor and, and uh, Zarkon are fighting. That shot is just incredible. It's in, mm-hmm. I just love it so much. Yeah, there's a few really standout shots. Visually, is so impressive. I'm going to disagree on best fight for two reasons. One is the coherency, which we got into enough. I think two is that the the the, the prong of this three prong thing that really matters to me is Lotor Zarkon. And I don't think we focused on it nearly enough. I feel like that was like everything. And I didn't really care about the other two sides of this. I was just like, let's go back to Lotor Zarkon. That's the one that's the coolest looking. That's the one with the most stakes. And we just like go away from it for five minutes at a time. I was, so I didn't love that aspect. 
Um, but you know, still, it's just, like visually stunning. Uh, definitely a lot, a lot of great, uh, uh, you know, great specific uh, sequences uh, we can talk about for a while to come. But uh, yeah, that that was definitely a big highlight. We even gotten into, uh, I think maybe purposefully. Uh, we have not got really gotten into Pidge's uh, dad um, until 30 minutes into the podcast. And I would yeah. say that's because I didn't care about it. No. It, I felt like it was fake the whole time. I didn't think it was real. Like, I really thought it was a ploy. I thought they were going to pick him up and he was a robot the second time. <laughs> oh, a second <laughs> second hologram. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it, like, it seemed like it was too sudden. Like, we spent the whole, we had that whole episode of Pidge trying to find her dad, and it was just so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And then it, he's just dumped on them out of nowhere. It just felt really weird. I was expecting that Matt, uh, yeah, Matt had seen something, like, in that last cell that he opened up, you know, yeah. before he went back in the prison. Because it seemed like something, he was looking I, at something, and I was expecting to be like, oh, yeah, dad got, like, turned into a robot or, yes, or something Yes, like exactly, that, right? yeah. I, but then it was just, no, he's fine. <laughs> like, I was expecting his dad, the dad to have been there and have told Matt something, been like, hey, right? I'm exactly. alive, I need to do something, something yeah. into that. But no, he was just up. Yeah. He was just I mean, upset because he couldn't find his dad. Yeah, I mean that's first episode problems. But yeah, that was that was stupid. That mm-hmm. it was just he wasn't there. That's why he had a haunted expression. Yeah. Okay, but it um, led into this one because I was expecting like something to happen. And also, I think the problem with all this is that because we have like zero attachment to Pidge's dad, except for like Pidge is upset, which is upsetting. But also Pidge, like the entire universe versus your dad, like. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, let's get into I'm the sorry. second first, Jeff. Uh, yeah. Did you have any emotional attachment to finding uh, Pidge's dad and all of the sequences with him? Uh, yeah. So no, I did not have any attachment at all. Finding his dad because uh, oh, uh, for four, all <laughs> we, we spent so much time. I, I guess I like ex- exhausted all my like Pidge finding family feelings. It's been going on for a while. With, with, yes. With, yes. With Matt. And and that was that was good. It spanned a while and good payoff. And now it's like, oh, dad's here. Let's go get him. One thing I um, I don't know how they could have handled it well, but as a strategist in the room where we're discussing whether or not to actually do this deal, Pidge's reaction would have given me pause. I was like, okay, Pidge, maybe you shouldn't be on this mission because you are clearly emotionally compromised, and you're gonna be you're gonna do something stupid you know, kill us all because you want your dad. So why don't you sit this one out? I don't know how well that plays, but there's some merit to that idea, I think. Um, so I think, I feel like we've hit the nail on that and why this is a really dumb plot line, uh, because we just did it. We just went through this. <laughs> this is, uh, it's, it's the most frustrating thing is I feel like Pidge's reaction to everything. Um, because I already found it not, really sympathetic and this isn't fair i think but i didn't really find it sympathetic when she was so singularly angrily minded at finding matt um for the entirety of the show and then we find him yay we don't have to go through this anymore and she's just doing it again it's the same emotional reaction that she's having mm-hmm. and i want to love pidge like this is my favorite character on the show and i just i just, just i'm so frustrated that we keep giving her this single emotional reaction to things like this is the only way uh this is the only emotional response she has and this is the only way she can express it is in this uh, narratively frustrating way. Uh, I, and regardless of any of that, it's just the same thing twice. So mm-hmm. I, I thought that in both episodes, she does that. And Like, uh, what about Shiro's dad? Where's Shiro's dad? <laughs> None of them seem upset. <laughs> the, on- Mom? the only yeah. aspect of Pidge's character is her family. Like, what? Like, uh-huh. is, is there a- she, she her robots and her family? I mean, this is 
you know, I, I think all the Voltron characters aren't very good. But, um, you know, like, let's give Pidge some other things to do. Let's not repeat the same plot line again. Mm-hmm. And it's unfortunate because this should be like, like, I feel bad that I'm not invested. In and my first reaction to Pidge getting upset was like, oh, God, like, calm down, Pidge, take a breath. We'll figure this out, but not this way. And when we should be like, oh, this is so sympathetic and feeling her pain and everything. But it just uh, the it's the problem is that it's not a character that we met and so we don't have any attachment to them and like i forgot that her dad was gone i thought he was just dead at this point honestly i completely forgot that he was still a factor at this point yeah like, and and it's also right? like uh the, the part jeff brought out with uh it's it's just so irrational given the yeah. given the the stakes that we're setting up separately with with mm-hmm. the, what's going on and we're gonna um, meet zarkon like <laughs> Yeah. It's pretty big. And I'm not blaming Pidge. Let's make it clear. I don't hate yeah. Pidge. I'm not blaming Pidge. I think I'm blaming us writing Pidge this way. I feel like it's it's, I, it's it's not great. I think it would have been a lot more interesting, a lot more fulfilling if Pidge did have that original reaction. But then when they got down to the planet, to the prisoner exchange, she was a lot more composed. Like, I understand her initial reaction to wanting her dad back. I think it's really the stuff that was on the planet that made me really upset. Like, I was just like, I don't think she would do that. No, I don't. I think she would have been more calm headed. Like, she'd been a lot more calm at that point. Very rational. I think in our heads, the pitch we want is one that is capable of being calmer. But the the pitch that the show presented is is one who is uh, just singularly angry whenever family is involved. And uh, that's not a type of character that I'm going to be going to like, which is and that's the character who is potentially my favorite on the show, that's not good. But Especially I mean, like, when it, they're presented as an intelligent, rational, thinking, logical person as well in other contexts. You yes, know? I agree with that. Yeah, And it goes against how she found Matt because she got really emotional when she found, quote unquote, Matt's grave. But then she got logical and figured out that he left her a code. It just it doesn't fit with what we learned about her in previous family episodes. Mm-hmm. like obviously Pidge is allowed to have emotions yeah. and is allowed to mm-hmm. people are allowed to react like this is realistic whatever um it's you know I, I think i think it's just like uh the fact that we've been hit so many times with the same reaction and uh, also that it potentially contrasts with other aspects of her personality i think in their eyes uh her being logical and uh, calculated in most respects but this one thing is completely subverts that is like interesting characterization i mean i mm-hmm. think that that could be true to a certain extent but um It's probably because he, you know what, like plot wise, her dad probably has some information they need, right? And they were like, oh, what's a way we can get him, like this, whatever character that has information, we can make that her dad and introduce him this way. So at least we didn't get like another season of her being like, where's my dad? That's that's the positive is it's done. It's done. We're done done with two two episodes. So good. Move on. I'm not sure it's done until we actually hear him talk next episode. Oh, you're still convinced he's a clone clone dad. That's the new one here. He was a hologram at first. We have cloned Shiro already. Like we might have cloned dad. Let's just wait and see. Yeah, I'm so, very increasingly unconvinced we're getting to clone Shiro this season. Anyway, I'm yeah. so in. Well, actually, on that note, I think I can remember like Charon being some code name involved in his when he was when he was awoken in a lab, right? Ooh. Am I the only one remembering that? I like, yes, that's it, so it, long. It could I like be. it. It could be. Uh, the, I thought when when uh, Lotor was like. Uh, there's a prisoner that was in my quadrant, and this is going to be personal for you guys. I for thought for sure he was like, it's original Shiro. Mm. Like, <gasps> yeah. Oh, if only. I thought that's what we were doing. It's like, nope, it's another Pidge family member plot. I was like, oh, no, <laughs> this is so much worse. Yeah. Oh. Just, but just he was clear. working on science experiments, so maybe he knows what's up just, with Shiro. Just to be clear, 
I looked it up. Jeff is right. There was a project Quran mentioned when we had Shiro come back. Okay. Okay. Right. So okay. Can, I, I actually I, do think that I was, was so my read on. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, Jeff. I, I was so scared of googling that because I didn't want to like have any spoilers. <laughs> spoilers this yeah. Season. Yeah. 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 You can't. I can't. I'm like, I can't go on anywhere. No Reddit. No anything. I found so. a post from April, August sixth of last year, and I'm like, okay. yeah, this can't be from later this season. Yeah. My. I, I will say my first read. I think uh, now that I remember when I was watching the episode is that uh, Hagar was uh, was activating Sleeper Shiro or something. Like I, I think that 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 could mm-hmm. be connected. Yeah. So what was Shiro doing doing dur- doing during this fight though? Because I don't remember. Like he so maybe him powering down wasn't this thing. Wasn't doing. I yeah. don't think she's powering down Zarkon, but it, it, it's no. possible. But uh, Shiro, there's no sign that Shiro was yeah. uh, behaving differently. He was very. Is he just like and stuff. if we just like slid the camera to the right, he's in the back like powering up or something, and no one noticed. <laughs> yeah. like, I think the problem is Shiro hasn't really done much in these two episodes, so we can't really see like if if he's being yeah. affected. Well, we were yet. we were just back to leader Shiro. I think he was very much. Uh, yeah. I, I feel like any of uh, the. Uh, most of the evidence of him not being himself in previous seasons was not there in these two episodes. He he very much reminded me of original Shiro. Which makes me more suspicious. <laughs> so that's what I want you to think. Yeah. He slid back too fast. <laughs> What's happening? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think we hit on everything from episode two. Let's talk. Uh, we've, we talked a lot about some, for some aspects of the prisoner already, but um we we have a few fight sequences here uh including this opening sequence of them destroying the uh sentry factory on this moon base um and then potentially later the prison escape uh sequence when uh they they're with the scientists and stuff and also Pidge like fighting the the drones in uh around the prison uh Jeff which any of these stand out to you uh fight sequence wise well it was um those drones were a lot bigger than I thought they were. Because, uh, you know, going coming in, they look like little darts. But then when they're actually destroying them, they're as big as the lions themselves. So, trick of perspective there. Um, we've already talked about the transformation sequence. So, yeah, yeah there's not much to to say. I mean, it's cool explosion. looked cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's all. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the opening sequence was like, it was nice. You know, I just, it, there wasn't, there, nothing that really jumps out at you. It was, it was pretty well executed. We have, uh, companions back for this episode in, uh, Rolo, Naima, and B, and Beezer. This, uh, <laughs> this is, is weird. Who is, hype, who is hyped for Rolo, Naima, and Beezer in this episode? I was negative hyped. What? <laughs> Beezer. You don't remember Beezer? It's the robot Pete yeah. freaked out about. Come on. It's this R2D2. <laughs> This is the weirdest fan service I can think of. Like, this is all that they must think that people really like these characters to bring them back in this way. But it's like, I didn't really care about these people to begin with. Were were they? I think they were present for the last season finale battle, right? They're part of the rebellion. Yeah, they were. They were present, but they had a really small role. I think I think Beezer got like messed up that's why they were fixing him I guess, apparently right. i will say i i if if you ask me outside of like shay my favorite minor character on the show i probably would say naima and bees are not that i would remember their names but like conceptually i, I like them i, I really like Golden that one he's the Golden <laughs> yeah, is the best oh best don't, oh come on they're all space small i forgot that episode exists. Uh, anyway. <laughs> i love that like f- uh uh what was she in she was in like one of the little ships at the end of whatever season and she was like some sort of fox creature and she was the boss of like the legion like it was the red blue like groups from star wars basically in the ships <laughs> you guys remember 
she was cool. N- Naima or a different person you're talking oh, about? Oh, she didn't have a name. Or she probably okay. had a name. I know, anyway. <laughs> oh, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, F- Fox She's Leader. Awesome. Yeah, I actually yeah. I was listening to um, to, to Lauren and Joaquim on uh, the Let's Voltron podcast, and Lauren was talking about how that's uh, her favorite character. Yeah, she was awesome. I was like, who is this? The- she should come back. Yeah, it's like, uh, who are you talking about here? She had a um, lot of like lines in that one episode, so maybe she's definitely got a voice actress. Yeah. Anyway, um, I'm looking at uh, Voltron Fox and Google Images. I'm just seeing a lot of. Oh, that's not bad. That's a bad search term. Yeah. I wouldn't she's do in that. In a ship. <laughs> okay. We're be- <laughs> uh, off of, yeah, Fox General. Yeah, it was. Anyway, go, there's a listen to the latest uh, creators on Let's Voltron if you want more on Fox Person. But um, yeah, Rolo Naima, uh, I, they, I, their original, there's the one scene of the iconic Lance uh, freaks out about Naima and then Pidge freaks out about Beezer uh, whenever their first episode was. That, yeah, uh, I feel like that's a memorable. They didn't really do anything here, any of them. No, no. they're just kind of here. They, they assisted. Naima freaked out about Beezer. I guess that's kind of a thing. Well, Beezer saved Matt from like dying, so that's yeah. he, he assisted yeah. that. Way. Yeah, Be- Beezer, uh, Beezer does save Matt. That's that's Beezer's big role. But um, yeah, there's no real need for them to be there. I feel like if you have Naima, you need Lance, but I don't know. But Lance had like the best line of the episode. He was when he was when he like looked at his hand, and, like he like he had forgotten what he was going to tell uh tell Allura. That was so good. You like that? I loved it. It was great. Okay, I hated that scene. Oh my god, <laughs> I, that was my least favorite. Song. I, and that that part specifically was fine, but there's those anime reactions, and I was like, "What are we, what am I watching with that scene?" Speaking oh, of Lance, was, I, I didn't like the scene. I just liked Lance's lines. <laughs> Speaking of Lance, I'm so afraid that we're gonna make a love triangle happen of like Lance, Allura, and Lodark. Oh, that would that, Haley. That would imply that this show oh. does romance, which I know, uh, they have, right? <laughs> they have no, yeah, we, hopefully they don't. No, well, no. Hopefully, I I very much want the show to do romance. I think it would yeah. provide a Not lot more in emotional investment in the characters than we've gotten. Anyway, that's, there was an article is romance and Voltron, and then the and uh, uh, they were like, no. So that was the answer. Anyway, Never. um, what else we got here? Yeah, so I think the scene with Lotor, um, with uh, Shiro and Allura talking to Lotor um, mm-hmm. about Lotor's motivations. That was my favorite part of the episode. And uh, basically, Lotor says, Lotor claims that, um, so basically, they he'd give them intel, it all checked out. Um, he claims that all he wants is to harvest quintessence peacefully. That's why he wanted the Transreality Comet. He wants prosperity for both um, Galrins and the rest of the universe. He says uh, to... Uh, he says to Allura, don't judge me on the actions of my race. Uh, prin- he says, clearly, princess, you're not ready to end this war. Um, so... Uh, the reason this is great is because, uh, like this, this ties the comet stuff back into Lotor's motivations, which I think we didn't get any of last season, right? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. uh, it's still not clear what he's doing with the quintessence, but he does state his motivations are he wants to harvest quintessence peacefully. That's why he wants the comet. Um, Jeff, buy or sell <laughs> that this is, uh, Lotor is telling the truth here. Uh, no, he's not. Not all of it. I mean, because that motivation doesn't really explain why he had to build ships out of it. Um, which also is, a, I just thought of that, like, is his ship being held somewhere in the holds of the castle? Like, how did he end up yeah, a prisoner? Know. Like, what happened to his stuff? So, I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, Andy, buy or sell? Uh, I think he only ever lies through omission i think that's been true for all the seasons he always 
what he says is always true, but there's usually another facet that he doesn't say. So I think there's there's clearly more here that's going on, but Lotor's just not saying it, which I think we all pretty much assumed. Yeah. Lying by omission, lying by yourself. <laughs> yes, by I, it's lying. Okay. I, I, don't, uh, I don't know, Dylan. I don't know because philosophical it, question. Uh, uh, well, I don't think we need to get into it, but I, yeah. I don't think in this case it's technically lying because context they, dependent. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, Haley, uh, do you believe Lotor? Um, well, I, okay. (laughs) Yes, I think that he thinks that those are his motivations, but he is not necessarily considering them as like an equal part in this. I think he's thinking of them as a means to an end kind of thing. Like he's going to use them. Yeah, that's what that's point. what Alara says. He says right? she, she says she's worried they're part of a larger ulterior motive. Yeah, so you're buying totally Alara's take. I yeah yeah, but I don't think that means that he's lying because I think that is what he's saying. But I don't know. It's <laughs> I think that he believes himself. He's probably not telling them everything because he's Lotor. You think he um, believes himself? I feel like he's he's he, the show presents him as this master deceptor to a certain extent. I feel yeah. like if that's true, he's not believing himself. I don't think that he. I don't think that he is, thinks that he what he would do with this power is going to be bad. I think that he thinks that he would take this power and do what he thinks is good, which may be controlling the entire universe, which not everyone would agree with. Right. It's like it's like two sides to a coin. He says uh, peace right? throughout the universe. It could be with him in control of the universe. Exactly. Yeah. 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 We're peaceful because you're all afraid of me. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But okay. but he we have seen him in the past when we first introduced to him that his whole thing was that when he like he had a couple places under his control and for the most part he was the boss but he let them live their own lives yes. right so maybe that's it, it's it's pretty gray area which i think makes him an interesting character but yeah i don't i don't there's know. there's a version of lotor that uh is is sinister but consistent with his portrayal before which is still not that bad which is like yeah, uh, yeah. he extrapolate his ruling uh, of those places into the entire universe and uh you know still not ideal but better than zarkon uh, yeah that's, yeah he's definitely the lesser of two evils in that situation potentially yeah he's still is obfuscating his motivations it's it's hard to tell i'm i'm buying what lotor's saying because i like him i'm i'm in i'll follow i'll follow you lotor king lotor uh you're, you're more interesting than anyone else here so um i I'm, I'm I'm all in on whatever you tell me yeah. to do. But but we also have to factor that everyone outside of us some, for some reason hates Lotor. I don't get it. Lotor. I feel awesome. like that was just the Voltron Reddit, but yeah, that was that was interesting. I didn't under I didn't know there were people that hated Lotor. That was uh, not me though. I'm I, I, I'm, fo- I'm I'm following you, Lotor. I'm your new general. Okay, take me, take me. <laughs> you replace uh, Narvi. Yeah. You get the cat. Uh, oh yeah, give me that's a double double benefit. Yeah, yeah, cat yeah. Okay. Still exciting up for the Galrin Empire. Yeah, I, if Lo, with Lotor in charge, yes, let's do let's do it. Okay. So here's what, like, what I would do in this situation is be like, okay, Lotor, like, no pretenses. We're not like testing you anymore. But the sooner we dismantle the military arm of your empire, the sooner you can get on to ruling it. So just give us all the tactical info you have, and we'll go wipe the floor with them. Yeah, you 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 try to milk him still. You try to use him. You can't. Yeah, if you're if you're the Paladins, you just can't assume that he's on your side. You have to keep uh, keep him arm's length and uh, and try to try to reap the benefits. But I don't but think Lotor like, let that happen. Lotor, Lotor, right? Needs Lotor's to not. Yeah, Lotor's not going to let that happen. Yeah. Yeah, but it, as in, well, what I what I want to do is like back him into a corner. Like, if you were telling the truth, then you would give us all the information you have, right? 
Um, but, and yeah, it, yeah. We, would, we would stop this game of, well, give us some, and maybe it's enough to, for us to trust you. Okay, give us some more. It's like, no, we're, just, we're not going to trust you until your empire is not fighting anymore. So just help us think, make that happen. Yeah, I think I think if Zarkon is dead, we're past the point where we have full control over Lotor, and uh, I, I think with Hagar in control, she cares about Lotor. With Lotor in control, you know, like regardless of what's happening, if Zarkon's out of the picture, then uh, their hold on Lotor is gone. Lotor still might try to be an ally with them, but I feel like they don't have, they don't have all the chips anymore. Um, so Ooh. that that might be that might be the purpose of killing Zarkon would be to change the dynamic so that Lotor has 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 more control in the situation. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, well, we will see in uh, these next two episodes of Ultron when we talk about them uh, next podcast. Um, I think we hit on most things on these two episodes. Uh, any final comments, Andy, on first episodes of season five? I'm just, I, I'm pretty excited to watch the rest of this. I'm, I, I don't know. I, I'm just excited to see what Lotor does. That's really what I'm in for right now because he's the most interesting part, just like we were talking about, and. They're really playing up him having a plan, and I really just want to see what his plan is. Yeah, Lotor, ha- L- Lotor haters fight me. Uh, yeah, literally fight me because I've conscripted with Lotor's uh, side of the fight. So, uh, <laughs> also, yeah. also, Claude Shiro, we need to see what's going on. Not, not happening. Yes, it's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> it's, nope. it's not happening. But it's the only other. It's the only interesting thing happening. with yeah. the Oh, it's, it's so like, happening. Season ten. Cron season thing. ten material. Yeah, it might be. It might be with the Hagar stuff that might happen. Yeah. But no, season ten material. Um, uh, Jeff, Jeff, final thoughts. Well, there's one little uh, nugget that uh, was cool in episode two. I've always wondered, like, okay, with with Lotor, both of his parents have glowy eyes, and he does not. In fact, all of the Garans have glowy eyes, and he does not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, what was up with that? And in the flashback. Um, from Hagar, we saw him with glowing eyes. So there's some event that made him not have those, and that could be plotly interesting. Mm, yeah. yeah, there's a lot Anyways, going on there. Glowing and overall, eyes. good, solid, solid episode number two. Uh, Haley, final thoughts? Um, yeah, I'm episode two made me excited for the rest of the season. So that's good. I want Hagar and the generals to team up now. And Lotor to do cool stuff, and also Shiro to double cross them as a clone. So hopefully, rooting for the rooting for I evil really Shiro. Want it to happen. Oh, no. oh it'd be That's, so funny, well, or not I, funny, but like, just, how can we not root for evil Shiro? Because it means Keith has to come back. Keith I mean, is yeah. <laughs> no, it'd be really I'm, cool. I'm I think fine, that'd be really fine, interesting, and it would also be interesting just because we are getting some time with Hagar in this episode, so. She, I assume that she may have like some sort of control over him, right? So that might play into it, but we'll see. I think it was the first episode was whatever, but second episode was pretty cool and leading to cool things. Yeah, thumbs up. More, more Hagar, more Lotor, please. There you yes. go. Yes, that's that's it. Uh, Keith, yeah, will will Keith be in the next episode? <laughs> no, <laughs> I think he's like the finale. He'll <laughs> reappear. He'll yeah. he'll show up in a ship and. In- actually try to do something and then he'll be cut off by Lotor again. Or like try and fly oh, it's like a running gag now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah, the running gag that Keith does nothing. Running gag is that we thought Keith was a character, but he's not. Yeah, okay. 
Uh, I'm sure we'll see him in another episode soon. Anyway, there's that's all. Let us know what you thought of the Prisoner in Blood duel. Leave comments over animated.com. Click on the article. Leave comments there. If you're listening on YouTube, leave comments there as well. And uh, we will see you for episodes three and four of this season. Uh, come talk Voltron with us on our Discord, overlyanimated.com slash Discord. We have Voltron spoilers channel up, which I have muted. No spoilers. And uh, to support us via Patreon, patreon.com slash overlyanimated. Thank you very much to all of our current patrons, especially our patrons of the podcast. Uh, Ju- Juliana, aka Julie Jana, and thanks as always to our patron executive producers, John Ryan, Steve, Alex, Andy, and Hugh. Uh, busy weekend, uh, more Voltron, uh, a lot more Voltron, new Star Wars Force of Evil, potentially new Final Space coming up, so find all that out at overlyanimated.com. Thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye bye.